Welcome everyone to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our very dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles, OE. There you'll also see an option to subscribe for a daily email with both our text reading and the lesson for the day from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lee Flynn. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 till about, I'm told, 11 a.m. Eastern. Today we are continuing with our reading of Chapter 14, Bringing Illusions to Truth, with Section 6, The Shift to Miracles. At the top of the hour, we'll be uh, pausing to reflect on our workbook lesson, uh, workbook lesson for the day, Lesson 160. I am at home. Fear is the stranger here. With us and reading this morning, we have Fran, Harrison, Robin Marie, Karen, and Donna. With us in listening, we have Judy. Has anyone else joined us to this point that would like to say good morning? Okay. So let me start our reading then with the first section in Chapter six or chapter 14 bringing illusions to truth and section six the shift to miracles someone tell me if i'm forgetting something in the interim here are we ready to go right into the reading yep let's go (laughs) yes off we go all right i'll get us started Chapter 14, Bringing Illusions to Truth, Section 6, The Shift to Miracles. I'm actually buying time while my computer behaves here. Um, Yeah, we got it. When, this is paragraph 46. Who was that, please? Here's where you're supposed to recite some poetry. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> you want to you want to take that one, Judy? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just remembering lovingly Lori in her absence. Thank you, Lee. Yeah. Oh, uh, sweet. Is that what she does sometimes before the reading? That's, that's yeah. You know what we could do? I, I listened to Lemoyne's recording yesterday. And I noted that he uh, took a minute and a half and went into just silence. Maybe we can gather ourselves for half a minute or so. Let's pause, shall we?
Thank you, everyone. All right, Chapter 14, Section 6, The Shift to Miracles, Paragraph 46. When no perception stands between God and his creations, or between his children and their own, the knowledge of creation must continue forever. The reflections which you accept into the mirror of your minds in time, but bring eternity nearer, or farther. But eternity itself is either, but eternity itself is beyond all time. Reach out of time and touch it with the help of its reflection in you. And you will turn from time to holiness as surely as the reflection of holiness calls everyone to lay all guilt aside. Reflect the peace of heaven here and bring this world to heaven. For the reflection of truth draws everyone to truth. And as they enter into it, they leave all reflections behind. Fran? Chapter 14, Bringing Illusions to Truth, Section 6, The Shift to Miracles, Paragraph 46. When no perception stands between God and his creations, or between his children and their own, the knowledge of creation must continue forever. The reflections which you accept into the mirror of your minds in time will bring eternity near or farther. But eternity itself is beyond all times. Reach out of time and touch it with the help of its reflection in you. And you will turn from time to holiness as surely as the reflection of holiness calls everyone to lay all guilt aside. Reflect the peace of heaven here and bring this world to heaven. For the reflection of truth draws everyone to truth and as they enter into it, they leave all reflections behind. 47. In heaven, Reality is shared and not reflected. By sharing its reflection here, its truth becomes the only perception the Son of God accepts. And thus, remembrance of his Father dawns on him, and he can no longer be satisfied with anything but his own reality. You on earth have no conception of limitlessness, for the world you seem to live in is a world of limits. In this world, it is not true that anything without order of difficulty can occur. The miracle, therefore, has a unique function and is motivated by a unique teacher who brings the laws of another world to this one. The miracle is the one thing you can do that transcends order, being based not on differences, but on equality. Thank you, Fran. Harrison. In heaven, reality is shared and not reflected. By sharing its reflections here, its truth becomes the only perception the Son of God accepts and thus remembering of his father dawns on him. 
and he can no longer be satisfied with anything but his own reality. You on earth have no conception of limitlessness, for the world you seem to live in is a world of limits. In this world, it is not true that anything without order of difficulty can occur. The miracle, therefore, has a unique function and is motivated by a unique teacher who brings the laws of another world to this one. The miracle is the one thing you can do that transcends order, being based not on differences, but on equality. 48. Miracles are not in competition, and the number of them that you can do is limitless. They can be simultaneous and legion. This is not difficult to understand. Once you conceive of them as possible at all, what is more difficult to grasp is the lack of order of difficulty, which stamps the miracle as something that must come from elsewhere, not from here. From the world's viewpoint, this is impossible. You have experienced lack of competition among your thoughts, which even though they may conflict, can occur to you together and in great numbers. You're so used to this that it can cause you little surprise. Thank you, Harrison. Robin Marie. Forty-eight, miracles are not in competition, and the number of them that you can do is limitless. They can be simultaneous and legion. This is not difficult to understand once you conceive of them as possible at all. What is more difficult to grasp is the lack of order of difficulty, which stamps the miracle as something that must come from elsewhere not from here. From the world's viewpoint, this is impossible. You have experienced lack of competition among your thoughts, which, even though they may conflict, can occur to you together and in great numbers. You are so used to this that it can cause you little surprise. 49. Yet you are also used to classifying some of your thoughts as more important larger or better 
wiser or more productive and valuable than others. And this is true about the thoughts which cross the mind of those who think they live apart. For some are reflections of heaven, while others are motivated by the ego which but seems to think. The result is a weaving, changing pattern which never rests and is never still. It shifts unceasingly across the mirror of your mind and the reflections of heaven last but a moment and grow dim as darkness blots them out. Where there was light, darkness removes it in an instant and alternating patterns of light and darkness sweep constantly across your minds. Thank you, Robin Marie. Karen? 49. Yet, you are also used to classifying some of your thoughts as more important, larger, or better, wiser, or more productive and valuable than others. And this is true about the thoughts which cross the mind of those who think they live apart. For some are reflections of heaven, while others are motivated by the ego, which but seems to think. The result is a weaving, changing pattern which never rests and is never still. It shifts unceasingly across the mirror of your mind and the reflections of heaven last but a moment and grow dim as darkness blots them out. Where there was light, darkness removes it in an instant and alternating patterns of light and darkness sweep constantly across your mind. 50. The little sanity which still remains is held together by a sense of order which you establish. Yet the very fact that you can do this and bring any order into chaos shows you that you are not an ego and that more than an ego must be in you. For the ego is chaos. And if it were all of you, no order at all would be possible. Yet though the order which you impose upon your mind limits the ego, it also limits you. To order is to judge and to arrange by judgment. Therefore, it is not your function, but the Holy Spirit's. It will seem difficult for you to learn that you have no basis at all for ordering your thoughts. This lesson the Holy Spirit teaches by giving you shiny examples to show you that your way of ordering is wrong, but that better way is offered you. Thank you, Karen. Donna. 50. The little sanity which still remains is held together by a sense of order which you established. Yet the very fact that you can do this and bring any order into chaos shows that you are not an ego and that more than an ego must be in you. For the ego is chaos, and if it were all of you, no matter at all, no order at all would be possible. 
Yet though the order which you impose upon your minds limits the ego, it also limits you. To order is to judge and to arrange by judgment. Therefore, it is not your function, but the Holy Spirit's. It will seem difficult for you to learn that you have no basis at all for ordering your thoughts. The lesson the Holy Spirit teaches by giving you shining examples to show you you, that your way of ordering is wrong, but that a better way is offered you. 51. The miracle offers exactly the same response to every call for help. It does not judge the call. It merely recognizes what it is and answers accordingly. It does not consider which call is louder or greater or more important. You may wonder how you, who are still bound to judgment, can be asked to do that which requires no judgment of your own. The answer is very simple. The power of God and not of you engenders miracles. The miracle itself is but the witness that you have the power of God in you. That is the reason why the miracle gives equal blessing to all who share in it. That, and that is also why everyone shares in it. The power of God is limitless. And being always maximal, it offers everything to every call for from anyone. There is no order of difficulty here. A call for help is given help. Thank you, Donna. Do we have uh, a new caller to continue reading? A new reader for 51 and 2? I will do it. Thank you, Lee. You bet, Judy. Focus, focus here. 51. God, I need new glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can do this. 51. Here we go. The miracle. The miracle offers exactly the same response to every call for help. It does not judge the call. It merely recognizes what it is and answers accordingly. It does not consider which call is louder or greater or more important. You may wonder how you who are still bound to judgment can be asked to do that, which requires no judgment of your own. The answer is very simple. The power of God and not of you engenders miracles. The miracle itself is but the witness that you have the power of God in you. That is the reason why the miracle gives equal blessing to all who share in it. And that is also why everyone shares in it. The power of God is limitless. And being always maximal, it offers everything to every call from any 
one. Wow. <laughs> I love that. The power of God is limitless, and being always maximal, it offers everything to every call from anyone. There is no order of difficulty here. A call for help is given help. The only judgment involved at all is the Holy Spirit's one division into two categories, one of love and the other the call for love. You cannot safely make this division, for you are much too confused either to recognize love or to believe that everything else is nothing but a need for love. You are too bound to form and not to content. What you consider content is not content at all. It is merely form and nothing else. For you do not respond to what a brother really offers you, but only to the particular perception of his offering by which the ego judges it. I'm so glad you're here today, Lee. I'm Why, thank you, Judy. <laughs> that was fun to hear. Thank you. Um, is there another new reader for 52 and 3? Okay, back to you, Fran. 52. The only judgment involved at all is the Holy Spirit's one division into two categories, one of love and the other the call for love. You cannot safely make this division, for you are much too confused either to recognize love or to believe that anything else is nothing but a need for love. You are too bound to form and not to content. What you consider content is not content at all. It is merely form and nothing else. For you do not respond to what a brother really offers you, but only to the particular perception of his offering by which the ego judges it. 53. The ego is incapable of understanding content and is totally unconcerned with it. To the ego, if the form is acceptable, the content must be. Otherwise, it will attack the form. You who believe you understand something of the dynamics of the mind, let me assure you that you know nothing of it at all. For of yourselves, you could not know of it. The study of the ego is not the study of the mind. In fact, the ego enjoys the study of itself and thoroughly approves the undertakings of students who would analyze it approving its importance. Yet they but study form with meaningless content, for their teacher is senseless. Though careful to conceal this fact behind a lot of words, which sound impressive, but which lack any consistent sense when they are put together. Thank you, Fran. Harrison. Fifty-three. The ego is incapable of understanding content and is totally unconcerned with it. To the ego, if the form is acceptable, the content must be. Otherwise, it will attack the form. 
you who believe you understand something of the dynamics of the mind, let me assure you that you you know nothing of it at all. For of yourselves, you could not know of it. The study of the ego is not the study of the mind. In fact, the ego enjoys the study of itself and thoroughly approves the undertakings of students who would analyze it, approving its importance. Yet they but study form with meaningless content, for their teacher is senseless. Though careful to conceal this fact behind a lot of words which sound impressive, but which lack any consistent sense when they are put together. 54. This is characteristic of the ego's judgment. Separately, they seem to hold, but put together, but put them together. Let me say that again. Separately, they seem to hold, but put them together and the system of thought which arises from joining them is incoherent and utterly chaotic. For form is not enough for meaning and the underlying lack of content makes a cohesive system impossible. Separation, therefore, remains the ego's chosen condition, for no one alone can judge the ego truly. Yes, when two or more join together in searching for the truth, the ego can no longer defend its lack of content. The fact of union tells them it is not true. Thank you, Harrison. Robin Marie. I'm going to go back to the last sentence in 53. Terrific. Um, For their teacher is senseless, though careful to conceal this fact behind a lot of words, which sound impressive, but which lack any consistent sense when they are put together. 54. This is characteristic of the ego's judgment. Separately, they seem to hold, but put them together, and the system of thought which arises from joining them is incoherent and utterly chaotic. For form is not enough for meaning, and the underlying lack of content 
makes a cohesive system impossible. Separation, therefore, remains the ego's chosen condition, for no one alone can judge the ego truly. Yet when two or more join together in searching for truth, the ego can no longer defend its lack of content. The fact of union tells them it is not true. 55. It is impossible to remember God in secret and alone, for remembering him means you are not alone and willing to remember it. Take no thought for yourself, for no thought you hold is for yourself. If you would remember your Father, let the Holy Spirit order your thoughts and give only the answer with which he answers you. Everyone seeks for love as you do and knows it not unless he joins with you in seeking it. If you undertake the search together, you bring with you a light so powerful that what you see is given meaning. The lonely journey fails because it has excluded, excluded what it would find. Thank you, Robin Marie. Karen? 55. It is impossible to remember God in spirit and alone. Sorry. For remembering him means you are not alone and willing to remember it. Take no thought for yourself, for no thought you hold is for yourself. If you would remember your Father, let the Holy Spirit order your thoughts and give only the answer with which he answers you. Everyone seeks for love as you do and knows it not unless he joins with you in seeking it. If you undertake the search together, you bring with you a light so powerful that what you see is given meaning. The lonely journey fails because it has excluded what it would find. 56. As God communicates to the Holy Spirit in you, so does the Holy Spirit translate his communications through you so you can understand them. God has no secret communications, for everything of him is perfectly open and freely accessible to all, being for all. Nothing lives in secret, and what you would hide from the Holy Spirit is nothing. Every interpretation you would lay upon a brother is senseless. Let the Holy Spirit show him to you and teach you both his love and need for love. Neither his mind nor yours holds more than these two orders of thought. Thank you, Karen. Do we have a, um, anyone that has not read that would enjoy reading 56 and 7? A new reader for 56 and 7? Okay, thank you, Donna. Okay. Who's that? 56. 
As God communicates to the Holy Spirit in you, so does the Holy Spirit translate his communications through you so you can understand them. God has no secret communications for everything of him is perfectly open and freely accessible to all being for all. Nothing lives in secret and what you would hide from the Holy Spirit is nothing. Every interpretation you would lay upon a brother is senseless. Let the Holy Spirit show him to you and teach you both this love and need for love. Neither his mind nor yours holds more than these orders, than these two orders of thought. 57. I'm going to read the last sentence. Neither his mind nor yours holds more than these two orders of thought. 57. The miracle is the recognition that this is true. Where there's love, your brother must give it to you because of what it is. But where there is need for love, you must give it because of what you are. Long ago, we said this course will teach you what you are, restoring to you your identity. We have already learned that this identity is shared. The miracle becomes the means of sharing it. By supplying your identity, wherever it is not recognized, you will recognize it. And God himself, who wills to be with his son forever, will bless each recognition of his son with all the love he holds for him. Nor will the power of all his love be absent from any miracle you offer to his son. How then can there be any order of difficulty among them? Thank you, Donna. And... Is there a new reader who would enjoy concluding with 57, please? Okay. Okay, I'll do it. Sure. All right. We'll back up just a touch. Let the Holy Spirit let the Holy Spirit show him to you and teach you both his love and need for love. Neither his mind nor yours holds more than these two orders of thought. The miracle is the recognition that this is true. Where there is love, your brother must give it to you because of what it is. But where there is a need for love, You must give it because of what you are. Long ago, we said this course will teach you what you are, restoring to you your identity. We have already learned that this identity is shared. The miracle becomes the means of sharing it. By supplying your identity wherever it is not recognized, you will recognize it. And God himself, 
who wills to be with his son forever, will bless each recognition of his son with all the love he holds for him. Nor will the power of all his love be absent from any miracle you offer to his son. How then can there be any order of difficulty among them? Thank you, Lemoyne. So the floor is, let's see, we're three minutes before the top of the hour. Why don't we ask uh, Fran to please guide us through uh, touching in with that lesson, and we'll open for discussion afterward. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 160. I am at home. Fear is the stranger here. So I shall read some from the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. Okay. I am at home. Fear is the stranger here. Fear is a stranger to the ways of love. Identify with fear, and you will be a stranger to yourself, unless you are unknown to you. What is yourself remains an alien to the part of you which thinks that it is real but different from yourself. There is a stranger in our midst who comes from an idea so foreign to the truth he speaks a different language, looks upon a world truth does not know and understands what truth regards as senseless. Stranger yet, he does not recognize to whom he comes and yet maintains his home belongs to him while he is alien now who is at home. And yet how easy it would be to say, this is my home. Here I belong and will not leave because a madman says I must. What reason is there for not saying this? What could the reason be except that you had asked this stranger in to take your place and let you be a stranger to yourself? Who is the stranger? Is it fear or you that is unsuited to the home which God provided for his son? There is no home can shelter love and fear. They cannot coexist. If you are real, then fear must be illusion. And if fear is real, then you do not exist. Who fears has but denied himself and said, I am the stranger here, and so I leave my home to one more like me than myself and give him all I thought belonged to me. What does he search for now? What can he find? A stranger to himself can find no home wherever he may look, for he has made return impossible. His way is lost, except a miracle will search him out and show him that he is no stranger now. The miracle will come. Who is the stranger? Is he not the one yourself calls not? You are unable now to recognize the stranger in your midst. For you have given him your rightful place. Yet is yourself as certain of its own as God is of his son. He cannot be confused about creation. He has answered you who ask, 
Who is the stranger? Hear his voice assure you, quietly and sure, that you are not a stranger to your father, nor is your creator stranger made to you. Today we offer thanks that Christ has come to search the world for what belongs to him. His vision sees no strangers. Not one does he forget, not one he fails to give you to remember that your home may be complete and perfect as it was established. He has not forgotten you, but you will not remember him until you look on all as he does. Who denies his brother is denying him and thus refusing to accept the gift of sight by which his self is clearly recognized, his home remembered, and salvation come. Now we will do our five-minute practice. Lesson 160, I am at home. Fear is the stranger here.
Fear is a stranger to the ways of love. Identify with fear and you will be a stranger to yourself. Lesson 160. I am at home. Fear is the stranger here. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Amen. Thank you. Good job. So, what a pleasure, Fran, to hear you read the, the lesson and, and guide us through the lesson again. Um, Thank you. The pleasure to be, really, really a joy for me to be with you all this morning. Um, uh, I note that I did not start the recording at the beginning of this call. So what I'd like to do, just to have it on record, is begin the recording. I'll do that opening that we typically do for the benefit of anyone who listens to the recording and has not heard it. And, and then we'll move right into our discussion. Is that all right with everyone? Um, sure. Good idea. So I'll take care of that now. Thank you, Fran. Yep. All right. So we uh, set up and... Oh, it appears I did start the recording. It just doesn't show it on the console. So we're good. And we can open it up for discussion. Well, thank you, Fran. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Good morning. It's Jude. I, um, it's so ironic. I, I don't know if ironic is the right word, but... Um, I got up really early this morning and I read through the first 50 lessons and then Lee shows up. <laughs> and this um, reading in the text and the lesson today just so totally perfectly coincide with the first 50 lessons for me and give, bring more clarity to it that, I am, that the knowledge that I am purely mind and spirit at home in the mind of God, that that's my environment that's my state of unicity and grace. And um, that the mind creates an image of a body, and then we perceive through that image, and that's full of distortion, the distortion of perception. And the text speaks to this in the, um, that one paragraph, I don't have my book in front of me, but where it speaks about the ego interpreting everything according to its particular point of view giving it meaning and purpose. And that's what all the fir first 50 lessons are about, um, recognizing how the ego perceives form and um, judges everything, its specific individual objects of form, and assigns them meaning and value according to its personal point of view. And um, so I was just delighted I was so delighted how it all came together for me this morning. And again, I'll say I'm really glad to hear your voice. <laughs> Lee, thank you. I'm complete. Thank you so much, Judy. Likewise. Good morning. It's Robin Marie. And uh, this reading brought up something that has troubled me in the past and is actually troubling me now. And I am trying to see it in a different way. Um, 
my husband who has passed had difficulty with his brother and I kept trying to um you know, show him the good qualities of his brother. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I didn't want to hear him always dissing on his brother. And this same thing is happening now with my son and my my daughter's husband, that something happened early on in their relationship, and my son is not going to give it up. And I am just so... um frustrated that I don't know how I can I can help that situation. I want to bring that brother into the fold of our family and if my son is not going to do that then I can't. And so that that is a frustration um that you know that our family can't see the love and the need for love. Like if someone's having a problem, they need some love. They don't need to be shoved out on the side of the circle. So anyway, does anybody have any ideas about how I can, you know, I know that I can study for myself and I can maintain my own uh, truth within the larger self and, and, and love, but I want to be able to move that in my family so that uh, we can know each other. So anyway, that's my share. Any ideas? <laughs> Thank you, Robin Marie. Welcome to the club, Robin Marie. All right. I have... Uh, similar kinds of issues uh, in my family. Um, my uh, one of my nephews and uh, his brother are not on the same page. And my nephew and my younger brother. Uh, not in the same case, but my younger brother has uh, a very, uh, I guess, Christ-like attitude uh, about what's going on and, and how my nephew behaves. Um, he... Uh, my younger brother uh, has been uh, uh, a uh, a student, I guess you'd say, of Alcoholics Anonymous for the last 17 years. And um, when these issues arise, uh, he always reminds me that I'm helpless when it comes to trying to deal with situations that really are out of my control. And when I 
think about what the Course teaches me is that regardless of what the forms seem to be telling me, what my eyes and ears are, are telling me, is that there is a truth beyond the form that the forms really are illusions. And the truth is that there is only love. And this section that we're reading, when no perception stands between God and his creations, or between his children and their own, the knowledge of creation must continue forever. My problems that I see between myself and my how my nephew seems to be aged is simply my perception. And I am allowing my perception of my nephew to stand between God and him. My nephew, who is God's creation, or between God's children, me, myself, and my own. My nephew is simply my creation. And I have a choice in how to see him. I can see him as God created him without what my perception seemed to be showing me. Well, I believe his behavior is telling me and recognize that beyond that that I perceive is the truth of who he is. Now, I can't see that for my brother. I can't see it for my other nephew. That's up to them to see it. Uh, I can see them as God created them as well. And if I see all three as God created them, that is the best thing I can do in any given situation. Just to see them as God created them. They are God's perfect creation. And I have to get beyond 
what I believe their behavior represents. I have to stop judging their behavior and see them as God created them. My younger brother, I think, accepts that lesson. And that's what I want to do as well. I'm complete. Amen. I, I agree with that. And I think that there, to me, there's one other step that I wish I had taken with my husband and his brother, who are both now past, which was uh, to reach out to his brother's friends and somehow bring that part of the circle in so that David, my husband, could see what I was looking at, which is, you know, his brother was really wonderful and exactly the way God created him. And at the end of of his brother's life, the people who had been on a commune who were around him did not tell my husband that he was passing. And it was very, very hard on my husband. So I'd like to like be able to pull more people into the circle so that that doesn't happen in now my immediate family that is living. I realize that when they pass, of course, they're going to be with God. They're together. We're all, you know, going to be together. But there was something missing here that I would have liked to be part of changing that the Holy Spirit can can show and anyway thanks for listening guys love you all thank you Robin Marie thanks Harrison thank you both thank you okay. thank you Robin Marie It's Lee. I have discord in my family. I'm sorry, Karen. Um, this will be brief. I, I have discord in my family, Robin Marie, and and um, and there's been a lot of healing in this last year as I've returned to Texas, um, principally, you know, in pursuit of that new romance um, with an old love that lives in Houston. Um, my family is still in that area, and I've reconnected. Um, largely with my family after having been apart from being here in Santa Fe, New Mexico for 45 years now and seeing very little of my family. So there's been a lot of reconnection. Something still remains with my younger brother. I worked an intervention on my younger brother 30 years ago that, um, that didn't come to full completion and he was left embittered at the embarrassment. <clears throat> and, uh, has refused to speak with me since. So that remains uh, a miracle yet awaiting, and I hope, I hope we see it happen um, before one or the other of us goes. Um, I think what uh, what I wanted to share, Robin Marie, is that <clears throat> all that I'm capable of, with all of those healings that I welcome in my life directly and most wish for others, is that I um, 
go as deeply as I can into a prayerful place where I know the beings of those who are involved. I know how deeply that connection genuinely is. And I know how surface the disputes and disagreements are. And, uh, and I try to attend to that deeper place where I know we are joined and where I know um, beneath the surface there's nothing in me or in my younger brother or in any others that I find contentious that uh, could withstand the force and power of the love uh, that we know at that depth. And so my prayer is just that that love break out, that it find its way to the surface, find people moved by a sudden uh, desire to reach out where they may not have before. Um, And I know ultimately before we pass, all of those, uh, all that bitterness and all those grievances and everything we've ever held of shame or loss is healed with the onset of the great experience that awaits us uh, in transition and that this course is trying to facilitate before our transition. (laughs) We We have that access. And uh, touching into that access is what I think this course calls a miracle. So I draw from the great hope for that access uh, for each of those who are in conflict. Thanks for the topic, Rama Marie. And, and, um, Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I, hope you see, I hope you see developments there that really please you. Warm your heart. Karen. Thanks for letting me go there. Oh, Lee, thank you so much. That was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, Thanks thank you, Lee. Um, well, I had some comments about the lesson, so um, I was thinking, I am at home and fear is a stranger here. Um, I was thinking of the lesson, I am into his presence I would enter now. You know, that's home when we when we go into that sacred place where we feel the divine and we feel the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking about a few days ago we were reading about dissociation. And it was like the dissociated part is the stranger and home is our true self into Christ's presence, Christ's vision. And there was a lesson um, before that one that said, uh, I changed it, or I walk with God in perfect holiness, but in my, when I was doing it, I changed it to, in God, I walk in perfect holiness. In God, when I remember I'm in God, which is being home, I walk in perfect holiness. So, um, the stranger I was thinking about and the dissociated the dissociation, um, I don't know, it just came to me that it's like each person has all of these unhealed wounds and all of these places where they haven't extended forgiveness, where they've held on to their resentments and their guilt and their fears. And that accumulated energy, thought forms, energies, feelings, emotions, 
memories, interpretations, um, that's, that's what creates this stranger. And each stranger, as the Course teaches, is a private reality. Each person, individual ego, is this configuration of falsehood, but it's all unique. It's all completely unique, so it can't be shared. There's no sharing. But in the true self, where we go home, and, and also that's the, that's the form that this reading was talking about. That's why all these, these external forms are, are just superficial, you know, but the true self is our content, and the Holy Spirit wants us to recognize our brother's content, the true self. That's the into Christ's presence I would enter now. That's Christ's vision. That's I walk in God in perfect holiness. That's the true self. And I was having this feeling, this neighbor behind me that lives behind me doesn't like me, and somehow <laughs> I got in trouble with the neighbors, and and it's just, you know, it's just the past repeating itself once again because, um, you know, I was kind of ostracized as a child and bullied. And it feels like that's happening again here with the neighbors. And I had this, rev- this revelation this morning that I have to change my perception of the neighbors. I have to join them. I have to be joined with them. I have to feel our oneness. If they're separate from me, then I'm in the stranger mode. I am not in the one-self mode. I am not home. And joining, joining, it says it in this reading, um, identity shared through joining. We can see what is true, what we are. Miracles are a means of sharing. We are sharing the truth of what we are. And... um, there was a line that Reverend Pam pointed to this morning, and it said, minds that are joined and recognized that they are can feel no guilt, for they cannot attack, and they rejoice that this is so, and seeing their safety in this happy fact, their joy is in the innocence they see. So I have to shift my perception, or through the Holy Spirit, the miracle would be the shift in perception to stop seeing other people as strangers, not identifying with my configuration of falsehood that has yet to be purified by the light and released by the light. Um, Not to be bound by form, form with meaningless content. Meaningless content is all this separate illusion and falsehood. Um, I think I said enough. Thank you. I'm complete. Wonderful, Karen. Thank you. Mm, Yes, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. What a joy it is for, for me to hear you guys share again. <laughs> um, um, I've missed you all. This is um, I'm, I'm really enjoying standing in this morning, and um, and um, I'm just really appreciative of what I've heard of the shares. Good morning, Donna. Good morning, and uh, 
And it's lovely to have you here. So. Thank you, dear. I have been listening here, and 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 really, I did. I of Mona own self had nothing to offer, but <clears throat> because uh, Discord. Well, this is what I finally got about uh, the idea of Discord. The dream plot is Discord. That's what the human conditions is. It's maintained by Discord. I have Discord in my family. And when I went down to Kentucky to heal it, I found out, oh, this has nothing to do with me. Uh, uh, This is just something that uh, I can see these individuals are very able to walk through it. Now, who had that idea? I give the Holy Spirit credit for it. Uh, And I thought, oh, wow, I came to be, you know, to be helpful but i didn't see that i really needed to and uh the human condition it's it's maintained by discord that's what this dream is about and if we see with god this is what came to me right at the just just before because i wanted to talk about something else if we see because he doesn't see discord if we step back and have confidence that god has a purpose even for what seems just an awful mess uh that's a miracle as far as i'm concerned Mm. and i did some uh 47 and and the first sentence of 48 miracles are not a competition from 48 and 47 says the miracle is the one thing you can I think we've lost you momentarily Donna Hi, I'm going to say goodbye. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Lee. Got to go to work. I'm glad you could stay. I could. Yeah, it sounds like you're staying an extra half hour to me. But uh, wonderful to hear you, Robin Marie. Good luck bye. with those you love there. Okay, bye. <clears throat> Donna, are you back? Am I here? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I did something. Well, anyway, um, I I read the last sentence, uh, 47, if you heard that. And the first part of the sentence is 48. Okay. So from that, what came to me was I got a flash of how I live my moment-to-moments during the day. And, And this is what I've learned from the Course, and I'm practicing living this by simply living it. And it is that every meeting, uh, uh, Every meeting is a miracle when I recognize that all are and each individual is and as God's holy son. As I encounter or even just pass among others in my daily walk, I consider those miracles. And I don't question what they do or don't do 
I mean, sometimes there's nothing just passing the person. Sometimes there's a smile. Sometimes I have a brief encounter. Uh, sometimes somebody will hold the door. I mean, it's very simple things. I'm just walking through my day of retirement. And, um, and so some, for some reason, I'm saying, oh, okay. The other big thing I got from 47 was this sentence that's about, um, about uh, remembrance of his father dawns on him and he no longer can no longer be satisfied with, satisfied with anything but his own reality. And I'm actually living that sentence. And I just said to God last night, what is the point, you know? There's nothing here for me. I don't have any interest in this quote-unquote here I seem to be. So in my own sense, uh, this, um, this, this uh, sense, this, this understanding of beginning to, to, to in a way be sharing, living, and sensing heaven's truth of our brotherhood, that that perception is letting my one desire now be to accept an awakening, an awareness, to know that my true reality in and that and 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 that in totality. So it's like, even so, come now, Lord Jesus, because you know I'm tired of playing with the toys here. But uh, I do I do know that my work isn't finished because you know otherwise I would would not be here. So thanks for listening and uh, praise the Lord. I am I am complete. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. One more thing. Paragraph 51. When I read it and and finished reading and got off, I wrote, wow, down real big. And Jude had the same response. I haven't gotten a chance to go back and look at that paragraph again, but it must be dynamite. I'm complete. <laughs> That's 51 you're speaking of? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Just great. I remember how hard it was when I was on the calls a lot to decide which of the two readings uh, to speak of it's uh, once again really hard to decide. The reading was so excellent from the text, but I feel so strongly about the the lesson today too. Um, to speak about the lesson for a moment, um, what I can say about what I learned from the lesson is that it taught me, it, it taught me to um, what it conveyed to me is that speaking only for myself, right, guys? But uh, what it conveyed to me is that uh, my Creator wishes that I know that there is no time or place or condition anywhere ever where if my mind were awake to its nature, I would not feel at home. 
That's why I can say, I am at home right here. It's fear who is the stranger. And then he can prompt me to ask, if I am at home because of what my father created me to be, and I have that capacity to respond to everything I'll ever perceive, either as an expression of love or as a call for love. And if what I come to understand is there are only those two orders of experience, I'm either feeling it or I'm feeling the call that I ask for help to respond with love. Only those two things, according to our text reading today, right? Those two orders of experience is how Holy Spirit allows me to sort everything I'll ever experience here. Is it an expression of love or a call for love? Um, so powerful to me. If that's true of every moment, and if it's true that I'm at home here, I'm at home because of what he created me to be, anywhere my mind awakens to its nature and to the memory of God. If that's true, this lesson walks me through asking me, how is it that I've allowed myself to be dispossessed by the intrusion of this stranger who has moved in, taken over my kind of space here, and has declared that the world is as fear fashions it and represents it to me. That's the ego. I'm not even sure he uses the word ego in this whole lesson. It doesn't come to me that he does, but perhaps he does throughout the lesson. I just know that this idea that I've invited um, a whole orientation that counters my genuine nature, and I've, elect that, I've allowed that other orientation, the ego, to misrepresent both what I am and what everything is and genuinely means, misrepresent it all, and fashion out of that misrepresentation this frightful experience of this life and world, when I recognize that has happened, this is one of those lessons that can kind of fortify me into asking that very important question. How is it if I recognize what I am and all that my Father would awaken me to in this moment, of my nature and stature relative to everything I see? How is it that I have allowed myself to be dispossessed by this ego impulse that is so frightful, is so frail, so diminutive, um, so heavily defended against everything that it doesn't understand and that it fears, and so heavily defended against the truth? How can I give such stature and um, recognition to something that deserves no stature and recognition? Um, it's just a call for me. Reach beyond what seems to be guiding and directing my life in the ego. Reach beyond that to what I know is true and is offered on every page of this course as its alternative, 
and allow myself be guided away from smallness toward magnitude and away from the ego's grandiosity to um, that uh, yearning in my heart to come to know what God holds for me of my grandeur. Uh, thanks, everyone. I'm complete. Wow, that was so good. Thank you so much. Good. Thank you, Lee. Yeah, it's so great to hear your voice. <laughs> the word he uses is, the word he uses is in my line. The word he uses is not ego, it's madman. <laughs> Madness is <Yes>. madman. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Thanks, Judy. <laughs> right. Someone help me. I haven't been on for a while. So do we typically let the recording go until closer to the top of the hour? Um, 11 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Great. Great. Wonderful. I'm sorry, Judy. This, this, um, just because I read those lessons this morning, it's so fresh in my mind how, um, you know, that, 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 According to the text, the, the fall happened in consciousness, in the mind of God, that we separated, the ego separated, the madman, the crazy mad idea that we could be separate from the mind of God, and that the body arose, and the world arose as a place to be home, for the body to be home in, that we made our bodies to be separate in a symbol or an image, you know, which is twice removed from reality with a capital R. And these things are really important for me to, in my, in what I've learned from the Course of Understanding, um, that the tiny mad idea that we could be separate from the mind of God, which never happened, and don't forget to laugh, that we think that we're in bodies and that we think we think through separate minds in brains and bodies. And this is the mistaken sense of self-appraisal, which is the home of fear, which is the stranger here. And everybody is a stranger to me. I meet everybody and I don't know you. You're different than me. Who are you? I have to get to know you. I have to learn about you. And learning, the Course teaches us, is all that happened after the separation. We didn't have to learn anything because we knew everything as ourselves. And so, you know, this this quality and likeness of, of I was created in the image of the God that in in the image of God as his son, that I was an extension of thought itself as being the creator of the universe. And that everything, everything is an idea in the mind of God. And everything that is an idea in the mind of God is a part of that creation of which is called the one son, the one son of God 
is the creation of God. In unity, in, you know, the, the triunal relationship, the holy relationship that establishes communication, perfect clarity of communication between everything within itself, capital itself. It is one. There's no differences, no distinctions. It's all thought. It's all consciousness. It's all formless, boundaryless, without limit, edges, form, or images. There's nothing to be perceived in it. It's pure light. And it's, and it's in that quality and likeness and purity. Perfect love, perfect peace, perfect happiness. That formless changelessness is what is home to me, is my home ground, is the background prior to any thoughts, fragmented thoughts, particular thoughts, concrete specific thoughts. All that, all that comes from that formless, boundaryless, limitless, pure light, the light that is the projection upon the screen, the world being the great projection, Judy and Lee and Lemoyne and Harrison and Fran and everybody, everybody's just a projection on the screen. And it talks of this, um, not trying to change the dream, but to change my perspective to the being the knower that this is a dream, that this is perception that this is form and that perception of form can deceive me into believing that what I think I see, because I think I'm a body and I'm thinking I'm seeing through a body, that this is real and it's not a dream. So stepping back, you know, recognizing that I am the light, the strength of God, one-mindedness that sees through this instrument, which is merely a reflection, and it speaks of the difference between sharing and being a mere reflection on the screen. And these are very important um, qualifications for me understanding what the Course has tried trying to teach me and um, I'm always help I'm always help with people who have practiced the lessons and understand the undoing of the of the ego's perception throughout the course it speaks of perception ending there's no perception in God God does not perceive he knows nothing of of differences and distinctions he sees only love and that's why that Holy Spirit is the link between perception and knowledge because he knows what God knows, which is only love, perfect love. And he knows how we see through the eyes of perception. And he says, it ain't so. This isn't true. This isn't real. You are deceived. You know not what you think is not true. You know not what you see is not real. So, ergo, I'm just 
going on again, on again <laughs> in the <laughs> usual <viewed> way. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a place to share um, the convictions of my my um, the, my convictions. The end. I'm complete. I love it. Thank you. It was great. That was wonderful. Thanks, Judy. That was great, Judy. I I think you really are onto something there is that all of the um, issues and conflicts and uh, relationships uh, that I perceive uh, are just simply illusions. Um, and they certainly don't feel like it. I mean, uh, there seem to be, to be real consequences uh, to these uh, uh, conflicts uh, that we have, we seem to have, with each other. And yet, uh, if I come to understand that my brother is myself, that there is no distinction, no difference between my brother and myself because we're all, as God created us, we are this one self united with our creation, our creator. That's it, one self. So how could there be any conflict if my brother and sister and I are this one self, uh, it's it, it, it's a, a, a concept really necessary for me to embrace. I can see. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. I think, Lee, you said it well. You, you seeing the, merely seeing the truth, which is vision, that we're created perfect, and it's all perfect. And the illusion is, isn't our actual experiencing um, our experience. I mean, the experience of being here is very real, but... It's the distortion and interpretation of it that's illusory. Because when I, I let go of that kind of thinking, I'm not in conflict with anybody. And it says peace is an inside job, and, and the truth will save me. The truth of myself will save me. And the correction um, of the rest of what illusions of conflict and war and disaster and um, sickness and death and all that 
is not for me to be concerned about. I need to know it for myself. And that will heal the world because I will have a healed, healed mind that only I can heal my mind. My mind is the only mind that needs to be healed. Everything else is fine. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Love it. Thank, Thank you, you, Judy. You know, Lee, you, I remember the I had, I came to, and this is, you know, awakening to the understanding that there was no guilt in the world that I didn't lay upon it. And how I can look upon the world and see all the war and the hate and the murder and the, all the stuff that's appears to be happening in the world and still lay no guilt on it was not of me. It simply was not something that Judy's little limited mind could grasp. It's the mind of God that does this. And I think that's something really important to understand about um, asking the Holy Spirit to see I cannot see alone. I cannot think alone. I think I'm either thinking or I'm not thinking. I'm either seeing or I am not seeing. With the Holy Spirit, with the mind of God, alone I can't see or think these things and understand them. It's beyond the ego mind. It simply is. The end. I'm complete. Yes, thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Judy. As we come to the conclusion of the call, a couple of things come to mind. Um, one is I'd like to share uh, that poem you guys probably remember, uh, one of my favorites of Helen's called The Singing Reed, where she addresses exactly what you just did, Judy, uh, and relates her personal experience with what this course has taught her of how to walk this world, drawing from what she's come to recognize as God's truth instead of the world's truth. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, personal expression of what Helen herself, in her direct experience, sought to share in her personal poems. Um, That's the singing read, and I'll go right into that. But I'd like to start with having... Um, let's see, uh, Karen, are you still in front of your book? Are you able to read one of the paragraphs that we went over today? Sure. Can you read paragraph 57 for us again to kind of, uh, uh, kind of set the stage for this final poem? Okay. The miracle... You could back up two, you could back up two sentences if you would. Let the Holy Spirit let the Holy Spirit Spirit show him to you and teach you both his love and need for love. Neither his mind nor yours holds more than these two orders of thought. 
The miracle is the recognition that this is true. Where there is love, your brother must give it to you because of what it is. But where there is need for love, you must give it because of what you are. Long ago we said, this course will teach you what you are, restoring to you your identity. We have already learned that this identity is shared. The miracle becomes the means of sharing it. By supplying your identity, wherever it is not recognized, you will recognize it. And God himself, who wills to be with his son forever, will bless each recognition of his son with all the love he holds for him. Nor will the power of all his love be absent from any miracle you offer to his son. How then can there be any order of difficulty among them? Thanks so much, Karen. So I offer the singing read from Helen and her book of very personal poems. My eyes would look upon the Son of God. For this I came, to overlook the world and seeing it forgiven, understand its holiness is but the truth in me. The Christ walks forth in every step I take. God shines within me, lighting up the world in radiant joy. Holy Spirit comes with me lest I should turn and lose the way. For God has given me a goal to reach and has made certain that I cannot fail. And so he gave me eyes to see beyond appearances and shadows. I will see the Son of God exactly as he is. And in that sight is all the world transformed and blessed forever with the love of God. How holy are my footsteps, which but go to do the will of God, whose Son I am. And how forever perfect is my will, which is in no way separate from his own. Amen. And uh, thank you all so very much for being with me here today and, uh, and participating and reading. Thank you, Fran, for the lesson at the mm-hmm. top of the hour. And um, let's see if I can remember how to conclude a recording. Um, okay. Okay.